Yo, yo, yo. My name is Jamaria Johnson. And I'm Marcus Johnson. And welcome back to Our House, the podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Remember that song? Yes. By Maze? Yes. Is it Mace or Maze? It's Maze. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Because you're singing. It was just a, two words over and over again. They didn't come here for that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, welcome back, guys. We definitely appreciate you rocking with us, hanging out with us at our house every week, coming over here, kicking in with us. You know, it's it's always great to have you over at our house. Mm-hmm. No matter who you are, we love you here at our house. And no, seriously, we appreciate your support and um, rocking out with us each and every week. Can't say that enough. I'm always going to say it because it's the truth. Right. So thank you so much for being here. And happy Easter or happy belated Easter because when y'all hear this, it won't be Easter anymore. Mm-hmm. But right now it is Easter Sunday and I'd say we had a pretty good day today, wouldn't you? Yeah, we had a house full. We had a house full, and it was like a last-minute thing. It's all. I feel like most holidays with us, unless it's like Christmas and Thanksgiving, we have super last-minute plans every yeah. single time. For sure. <laughs> but it's always fun. It always ends up being like a really good time. Yeah, it was a house full. Yeah, we had a house full, and I cooked fried chicken and you macaroni did, you did and cheese. Thing. You did your thing for sure. We appreciate you. Thanks, honey. I'm glad that you guys enjoyed it. And we played, um, we played, what it's do right you mean? You. I know. Well, <laughs> it's not right in front of me. It's to the side. I wasn't looking over there. And we played, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have heard of that game, but it is so much fun. Like it's okay. So it's a game where there's like a bunch of different memes, like pictures or whatever in there. And then there's all these different cards that could be like what the meme is. Am I doing a horrible job of explaining this? I feel like I'm not making sense. So the cards will say like that face you make when your boyfriend breaks up with you or like something like that. And so, and then like all the cards say different things, kind of similar to that, but like funny stuff, like a meme. And so then there's all these different famous memes in the pile. So you pick one out and then you have to try to match a card to it to see which one's going to be the funniest. Right? <laughs> I feel like I'm not explaining. No, I mean, that's well. exactly what it is. Okay. Well, that's the, basically the object of the game is like, who's the funniest person or whoever collects the most laughs. Yeah. Basically wins. It's kind of like cards against humanity, but it's like with memes. Yeah. But it's really fun. And it's always interesting when we play it with like my mom and aunts and stuff, because some of the cards are very inappropriate. <laughs> yes. I would definitely say this is an 18 and up game. Like for real, for real. Um, Maybe even 21 and up. Yeah. I would say more so 21 and up, even though my 18 year old cousin was playing with us today. Yeah. But and she was kind of, uh, you know, well, she was uncomfortable. uncomfortable because if I was 18 and I was playing with my mom and like older aunts and stuff, I would be very uncomfortable too. Yeah, I, I was uncomfortable for her. <laughs> she was like, I don't want to read this out loud. And so my mom, she, hey, I'll read it. And my mom was just reading all of them. I was like, this is really crazy, but it was actually really funny. We had a good time. 
and my mom actually won which was funny that means that she had the funny <laughs> stuff so um yeah we we enjoyed that and then my mom is so sweet shout out to her she got me and marcus easter basket mm-hmm. and she really gets us an easter basket like every year I don't know how I'm going to feel whenever this stops, but every year she always says she's not doing it. Yep. And then she Um, ends up doing it for us and it's, it's very much appreciated, but there's one part of it that I have to point out because she always puts lottery tickets in our Easter baskets and we never win. Never, (laughs) never, 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 never. And so I don't know if I've like talked about it on here before, but like my mom is super lucky when it comes to lottery scratch offs. She always wins some sort of money, like mm-hmm. playing those. And Marcus and I just don't have that type of luck. Never. And so she buys them for us for Easter, for Christmas, Christmas birthdays, birthdays. Like she'll just add them to our gifts or whatever. And we never when the most we win is like five bucks which i think marcus won five dollars i did today five bucks. and i won three dollars but normally i win like a free ticket or something normally like that i win nothing <laughs> but here's the kicker guys and this is what the messed up thing is she knows that this happens so she told us that like she doesn't like to buy herself lottery tickets at the same time that she buys them for us because if she ends up with the one that's the winner, then she feels bad. Mm-hmm. Why did she do that this time? So she told us that she kept one of the tickets that she was going to give us. She kept it and then gave us a different one. And she ended up winning $100 on it. <laughs> we just we just can't win. We just can't win. Can't win. But, you know, it, I appreciate the gesture. One day, we're going to hit it big. I can feel it. But I just don't know when that day is going to be. Yeah. I I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. But no, today was a good day. I hope you all had a great Easter. Um, If you went to church and got a word, that's wonderful. If you had a nice meal, that's wonderful. If you spent time with family. If you took the little kids um, on an Easter egg hunt. It was so cool earlier today. I think you were asleep, Marcus, when it, um, you are so easily distracted. I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry i was listening though but you were like fiddling with something else but anyway you were asleep earlier and our neighbors they did an easter egg hunt for their grandkids oh and i nice. saw them like putting eggs out in the yard and i was like that is so sweet i definitely want to do that when we have kids i'm sure you do i actually wanted to do it this year i know we talked about it for uh, like a quick second but yeah. I didn't. i didn't engage you so you yeah. didn't feel like it was something we was going to do. Cause I, and I did that on purpose. Yeah, he just kind of like changed the subject. But um, I was wanting to do it for my little cousin Kennedy that we talk about a lot. And then like our, fr- our friends have kids and then I have other cousins that are kids. So it would have been cool because we have a pretty nice size backyard. Mm-hmm. And it's like the perfect size to have a Easter egg hunt for little kids. Maybe next year. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Um, but I'll, I'll let ki- you know. Oh, uh, <laughs> here he go. I'll let you know next week. I'll, I'll tell you next week. We'll see. I'll let you in. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a meme, guys, in case y'all probably didn't get it. But there was a meme that says, I put the no and I'll let you know. And that's Marcus to a T because 
when he says I'll let you know, it, most of the time he's saying no. He'll drink some bad. <laughs> 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 no, but um, anyway, let's move on from talking about Easter. So yesterday... We actually went to Kentucky for the day. Oh, yeah, we did. Because Marcus had a show, and it was actually his first show in a while. It has been a minute. Like, he has not been gigging like he normally does. Yeah. And it was really cool to see you back in your element with your saxophone. Like, yeah, I'm going to open up about it eventually. I'm not yeah, ready yet. I know. I know you're not. But um, in the meantime... He just hadn't had any gigs in a while, and it was nice to see him back in his element. And well, um, it's not that I haven't had him; I just been turning them down. He's been turning down gigs lately, left and right. But I mean, that means you haven't had gigs. Yeah, if but you turn it's them not down because of okay, but well, yeah. you haven't been going on gigs. There you have you not played at any event. There you go. <laughs> Since Christmas time, mm-hmm. that was my last. Yeah, and even like before that, you weren't really no. Nah doing a lot but um no i just love watching him play like i love hearing him play i posted a couple snippets on my instagram stories and he has a new little thingamabob now and a couple of you guys were like what is that what's that that he's playing and i had to ask him because i couldn't remember what it was called and i was like what is your (laughs) what's that thing called but it's called an iwi yeah iwi it's called an iwi electronic wind instrument yeah. So basically what it does is um if you play like a wind instrument um you can it's like the same fingering as like a, a as a saxophone. So you can change the sounds and it sounds really cool. Um basically like be like alternative sounds for the band. So like I really didn't need to have a, a guitar player. I could have ran all that stuff myself. Yeah, but you I mean, just, you can't it, it, play that in your saxophone yeah, at the same so time. Just, so he was like alternating to the, to the to the sound of the band. Yeah, he was alternating between playing his alto sax and then the iwi. Am I saying it right? I feel like I'm not. Iwi. Iwi. But it sounds cool. Like at some points when he sets it to a certain thing, it almost sounds like he's singing in auto tune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like playing an instrument. It's it's really cool. If you saw my stories and you're not one of the people who asked me, but you were still wondering, that's what it was called. But it was a couple people that was like, what is that thing? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so that was cool. It was good to see you back playing and who knows? Hopefully you'll pick up some more. Yeah, we'll see. We can hold him to it, guys. There's a story. There's a story as to why he has not been playing as much as he used to um because you guys know he has an album and for the longest like he gigged every weekend yeah Um, until 2017 yeah but he's not ready to talk about it so we'll give him his time and whenever he's ready to talk about it we'll probably have a whole episode dedicated to it yeah i mean it would take a whole episode yeah because it's a pretty lengthy story but anyway oh one more thing Mm -hmm. about your show so Back in the day, Marcus, when he <laughs> see, see, you know you go. I don't say. know what you about to say, but I'm t- I told you the reason why, and then you still about to get on here and try to play me, and I don't think that's fair. I really don't think that's fair, and I'm not gonna. We're not about to talk about this. Like, no, we are I can't not. say it. No, why? Because it is no. But I already have kind of brought it up, so people are gonna be like, "What is she about to say?" Go ahead. 
back in the day when Marcus had all his shows, like he'd be walking around the stage, like talking to the crowd, you know, just standing up the whole show, really into it. Yesterday, this man was like, I need me a chair. I'm about to, I'm about to be sitting down this whole show. And I said, since when do you sit down at your shows? Like, that is not what you do. And he told me some a reason why he was sitting down. But the real reason why he was sitting down is because he old. <laughs> <laughs> and them knees and that back and his feet can't take it no more. So he had to sit down <laughs> and rest. So you trying to play me, man. One day I'm going to tell y'all what's up, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I'm not ready to get into the details yet, but um, it has nothing to do with my back, my knees, or my feet. I don't know, because I swear, even back in the day, you come home and be like, man, my feet hurt. That is standing true. Up. Because I would be standing up like two and three hours. Yeah, and so now you like, man, if that, I'm about to be in my chair. I mean, you know, <laughs> one day, one day we'll have, a, we'll have a dialogue. You know, you can ask me all the questions. I don't have no questions. You got questions. <laughs> okay i mean I've, I've only been going through this with you so i don't have any questions <laughs> but we'll come up with some i guess if yeah. you want to have a q a let's do a q a <laughs> all right it's just a sensitive subject that's all yeah it is a sensitive subject okay so we're gonna move on from that he had a wonderful show and they actually invited them to come back so they thoroughly enjoyed you yeah and the shout band. out to murray state and the uh zeta omicron brothers of alpha phi alpha fraternity incorporated yeah they were celebrating their 50th 50th anniversary, anniversary. shout out to y'all shout out to y'all so okay one more thing i want to talk about and then oh. another thing about murray state it is in the middle of nowhere nowhere like literally, literally just a school like you're in and a gas station for like an hour and then all of a sudden it just turns into this little community yep. and the school is like literally the town the whole thing mm-hmm. but i digress go ahead yeah it looks like it's a really nice school though yeah, it does look we nice. only saw one part of it but it looked like it's a nice school um okay so there's one more thing i want to talk about before you can go into your marcus money moment okay i want to talk about that beyonce document to Ree, ooh, Marcus. Now you know she gave us the business. I mean, that's without saying. Like, I don't understand why y'all don't act like that's what she's always gonna do. Okay, but we're talking about it because everybody who listens might not have watched it yet. I mean, she's a phenomenal performer. I personally think the greatest of all time but that's just my personal opinion mm-hmm. um you know some of y'all old school it's debatable because you know old school they're gonna, gonna say michael jackson but i don't know if he was given two hours like this and i said i just don't know i said i have not seen him live so i can't say yes or no and i don't i don't want to argue artistry. that down i'm simply talking about performer i he's he says the greatest of all time performer the greatest performer of all time I say she's the greatest performer of our time because I just don't know about the past. So I'm not going to even try to get in that debate with people. <laughs> I mean, that's just because you don't like conflict. Sure. Well, if that's sure, probably. But I think Beyonce is the greatest of our time for I mean, well, that's, sure. That's not even a real conversation because that's just- she is everything. 
she can sing live. She can dance live and then go right back to hitting high notes and not sound like she's winded. Mm-hmm. She can dance full out for over two hours and not look tired. She can orchestrate this vision of homecoming for Coachella. Like all, I don't know if everyone understands that like that was her vision. And not only that, but set it up for a greater scheme, which is another special two specials on on Netflix. Yes. So everyone might not know that, but Beyonce signed a three three part deal with Netflix. Mm -hmm. So this homecoming documentary is just number one. We have two more things Beyonce related coming to Netflix. So it was like a whole debate about her, you know, getting paid less, but she thinking about bigger picture or paid the same as Ariana Grande, but in her at Coachella. At Coachella. Yeah. But she was setting up a bigger play. Yes. Because she got paid off the Netflix deal as well. So she didn't get paid the same. Right. As Ariana Grande. And I honestly don't think she cares about that. Well, it was like a whole debate on the shade room. Like everybody was kind of going in and, you know, it was like a big thing on there. Yeah. My cousin was talking about that a little bit today, but I didn't see that. But yeah, like if you are needing some inspiration or even if you don't think you need inspiration, Watch this documentary. I'm pretty sure all of our listeners have seen it. Uh, they may not have. Some people are not like, I mean, some people are like, I mean, Beyonce's cool and everything, but I'm not about to run and watch it. Like, they might be waiting because it's not at the top of their radar. I just have to say this. If you, like, talk stuff about Beyonce, you're just a hater. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's no way around it. And I'm not no beehive type, you know. I didn't have to see it on that day, but when it first came out. But yeah, I woke Marcus up like the documentary is out. Let's go watch it right now. <laughs> and he was like, bro, too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it, you, you just got to be a hater. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to like try to knock her talents. Like exactly. I, I completely understand everyone not loving her. Everybody's yeah. not going to love I, her. I, mean, I get that. I, I have about just saying that she's not good. Or yeah. Whatever. I have a deep love for Beyonce and everybody's not going to share that same love with me but there's a thing called respect and Mm -hmm. you respect talent when you see it yep period period like just like with people there might there might be people that you don't necessarily care for Mm -hmm. but if they do something great Mm -hmm. if you're not a hater Mm -hmm. you can acknowledge that what they did was great right but if you're like oh no that's terrible and just because you don't like them right then you're a hater facts period just like and you know maybe you gotta do some self-reflection if if that sounds like you and you don't think you're a hater i'm sorry honey but you're a hater (laughs) (laughs) and you just like there's people who i'm not friends with there's people who i may not mesh with or like want to hang out with or different things like that but if i see them doing something great it's great and i'm not gonna be trying to downplay them because I don't like them personally. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. So. I get that. Yeah. It, you know, Beyonce is amazing. And we watched the documentary kind of again today, like while I was cooking and stuff. No, we did not. Well, not. I didn't mean we as in me and Marcus. Me and my family. Because Marcus was taking a nap you, downstairs. Right. I needed my nap because I didn't get back <laughs> home to after one o'clock. And then I had to be up at church, you know, to play. Yeah. So I had to get me my nap in. I matter of fact, I ain't got a Sunday nap in. And in I didn't while. bother you. You woke up on your own and came on upstairs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we um 
we, as in everyone but Marcus, <laughs> kind of watched it. But I can't really count it because, like I said, I was cooking, so I could hear it in the background. But now I want to sit down and watch it again. Just make sure you do that when I'm out and about. I will. Okay. Trust and believe. Or when you downstairs and I'm upstairs. Sounds good. Because I got to learn all these dance moves, honey. For I gotta, what? Cause so I, you can do two and sit down? <laughs> <laughs> you just tried it. Talking about me. You just tried me. That is the real life. I could do her dance moves. I told, I told, um, I think it was my mom earlier. I was like, or maybe I was talking to you. I was like, I just need to, um, learn all of Beyonce's dances and do them over and over again. And I might lose some weight then. Cause that is, she, that's some tiring stuff. And the documentary. So some people thought, or some people think that it's just her Coachella performance, but it's a real documentary. So yes, they play the Coachella performance, but they break it down in between her sets. And she goes behind the scenes and talks about her rehearsals and talks about her difficulties with her pregnancy with her twins and how she had to overcome that and lose weight. Cause she was over 200 pounds when she had them. And she had all these um, difficulties with her, pregnancy and she had a c-section and all that so she she goes into the details about that she goes into details of how she came up with the idea of homecoming for coachella and like how she casted everybody and all that so just don't think that it's just like the concert it's it's a lot more yeah the last thing i'm gonna say about it is it just it it literally will make you look at your life because she literally rehearsed eight months for a two-hour performance so it just make you look at yourself like Yo, what I ain't I got doing? no excuses. Yeah, exactly. And, and eight months for two hours on songs that she's been doing for twenty something years. Eight <laughs> months for two hours right after giving birth to some twins with a C section. Come on. But the like, the whole point I'm trying to make is like that's that's great. But she been doing these same songs for the last twenty years. Yeah. So it ain't like it was so new it ain't material. Like it was new stuff, yeah. And she still and it's quit. the same choreography for the most part. She 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 changed some of it to fit the homecoming theme. So she had like steps and majorette dance. Yeah, but that's like what that, I'm saying. But, like, so she still yeah. put all this energy into. And most people would have just been like, "Man, we know these songs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Let's just two, mix it together. Come you know, on, two months out, we'll start rehearsing." And yep, eight months. Long time. Almost a whole year, pretty much. Yeah. So go watch it guys and let me know what you think about it because i really loved it so y'all could dm me and we can talk about it i'm sure because i will never get tired of talking about it no we see (laughs) all right well now we can move right into the marcus money moment of the day cool so uh in the spirit of easter you know i'm I'm gonna kind of take it take it a little bit different in a different direction this week Mm-hmm. Because uh, you know, I know Easter. When y'all hear this, Easter would have been you know a, a day removed, but we didn't talk to y'all, so I'm still on it for today. Um, so with that being said, you know, I know a lot of times I come in here and I give sources from books, from all types of you know authors and um, you know financial gurus, Warren Buffett, et cetera, et cetera. But one book that I have not referenced at all. Um, about financial literacy is the good book okay so what i want to do is i want to take um maybe like a few minutes longer than usual to use a couple bible verses that talk about money tips so this would be money tips from the bible okay 
um, and we can kind of talk about them together. So, uh, you know, to f- get a feel for what you think it means, because I might I might think it means something completely different. Oh, Lord. OK. So I want your help on this. one. I'm going to try. All right. So the first scripture uh, I'm going to go with is Proverbs 24 and 27. And so the way I want to do it is I'm going to say the scripture then I'm going to tell you what I think it means, and then you can just tell me if you agree or disagree. Okay. And if you have something different, then you can tell me what you think. Okay, perfect. That sound better? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Proverbs 24 and 27, it says, put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. After that, build your house. So to me, that means set your priorities. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, with that being said, when it comes to spending money, we need to make sure that we spend money and prioritize the things that we buy. So, you know, if my house ain't in order, I shouldn't be out here buying new shoes, new clothes. Yep, you know. I agree. That was what that was basically where my mind went. Like, you need to handle your house first before mm-hmm. you go out here and start doing like other things. Right. Mm-hmm. We got we got to make sure all that stuff is taken care of before we go out here and. You know, just spend, 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 spend. Yep. My favorite word. What spend. Is, no. Oh, no. Frivolous. <laughs> you know. You should know. I thought you, I, I was saying your favorite word is no. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, number two um, is coming from Luke 14 and it's uh, verses 28 and 30. Mm-hmm. So, it says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. So from that, I took, you got to make a budget. Wow. I didn't even know that that was in the Bible. I'm telling you, I'm bringing something different today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a lot of research to find this stuff. Okay. All right. So, I had been saving this, and I—I I mean, it's just ironic that you know this week happened to be Easter, and it just was like the best. I didn't like plan it. I it was own. Luke what? Luke fourteen, twenty-eight and thirty. Hmm. So, um, like I said, like I was saying before, is make a budget. Um, everything that we do and how we should live our life, it should be based on some type of budget, and. You know, I know for entrepreneurs, because I really want to do one week, I want to take some time and I'm not going to say when, but one time I want to, and I'm going to put it in my notes to do a, uh, a session on budgeting for entrepreneurs because it's a little bit harder because mm-hmm. income fluctuates. Right. So, yes. so it's so much harder for an entrepreneur to, you know, budget because they don't know what their income structure is going to be like, but that'd be another time. But for this particular scripture, um, you know, I was just thinking that it means that you need to know how to cover the necessities first um, because those costs are going to be remain the same, especially if you're living off of a situation where you're getting paid the same thing every month. You should be able to, you know, live within a budget because you know exactly what's coming in. Yeah. So, you know, well, sh- I'm sorry. Shortfalls um, should be. They should come few far in between because you should be able to not only have a budget, but also put money aside so that that the way you're saving and then also continuing that budget. Yeah. So I think I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, what I what I took from this verse was that. Like, don't start things. 
and basically like half ass them. Yeah. Basically. And I and I hate to use that I mean, because we're talking you know, about listen, Bible stuff. But asses in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, because it, it said like if you're intending to build a tower, I, I looked it up in my Bible app because okay. I wanted to be able to follow. But if you're intending to build a tower, you need to sit down first and count the cost and figure out whether you have enough. That's not exactly how it is. But I mean, that's figure that's, out if you have enough to finish it, because and and it goes on to say, if you can't finish it, people will mock you. And that's that's I don't know if anything else is more real world than that. Yeah, because people are so judgmental. Yeah. And if you tell somebody, oh, yeah, I'm about to start this business or I'm about to start this new project. And if you don't and you it, haven't really thought it through because you didn't have a plan because or a you didn't have a plan or a budget and you halfway do it. Then people are looking back like, I thought Marcus said he was about to start this business. Absolutely. And you know what this reminds me of? The one situation, and I don't even really like these shows, but uh, what's it? The the Real Housewives. It was that one season when that girl, I don't know her name, was trying to build a house. And she yes. kept, she kept uh, you know. They she was, kept having setbacks. They were trying to figure out why it was taking her so long to, to build, build her, her house. house. Yep. That, that's that's exactly that. Yeah. And I don't know who it was. It was, uh, oh, crap. If you hadn't asked me, I would have known. But y'all know Real Housewives of Atlanta, it was a couple seasons ago. She ain't on here no more. But she was building her house. And everybody was judging her, talking about she must ain't got no money because she ain't finished her house it, yet. It's in the book. <laughs> the book said it i'm trying to tell y'all and i you know again guys if y'all know me i ain't no you know holier than that person so i don't even want to come on here and try to act like i am yeah i'm just giving y'all things that i looked up that could relate to money tips so i hope y'all don't get turned away because i'm be honest with you sometimes when people get on and they start trying to be all you know scripture like it kind of mm-hmm. turned me off so i'm not trying to do that i'm trying to give you like a, a different way um to of looking at to you know, consume the same information. Yeah. Cool. Okay, go ahead. All right. So, uh, the third one I would say, and I only got seven. So just so you know, okay. Um, is, uh, Genesis 41, uh, verses 34 and 36. And it says, let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. The food should be held in reserves for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so that the country may not be ruined by the famine. So to me, that's saying you got to build an emergency fund. Yeah. You got to um, have a savings. Right. You got to have money or like cushion. in order to in the event that something bad happens. Um, and so if you put it in the real world, you know, if a car, your car goes down, um, you lose your job, you don't have yep. an income stream for several months, uh, you need to have some type of reserves set aside so that you're able to, you know, be able to cover until you start to get more income yep. coming into your into your household. Agreed. Have anything to elaborate on that? No, nope, I agree <clears throat> with you. Okay. So my next one is um, coming from Proverbs, and it's twenty two, uh, chapter twenty two, verse seven, um, and this is this is a, a deep one, and I, I I think most people have probably seen this scripture before, but um, and it's mm. the rich rule over the poor, and the poor uh, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Mm. So to that's me, that's pretty. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty self explanatory. Yeah. Like. Um, to me, that says avoid debt. 
Um, I also researched that 80% of all Americans are in debt and majority of the oldest Americans are still carrying some debt from into retirement. Um, 70% of those people say the debt wasn't necessary to live their lives. Hmm. So basically we are all slaves to our debt. Yeah, we are. Um, I mean, we're slaves to it because you got to pay it every single month. And if you don't, there's repercussions. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, And also um, I went a little bit further uh, because I thought it was important to kind of talk about it. And an article, it came out and I can't remember. I don't have it in my notes, but it might have been like 2014, 2015. Uh, But it said that having debt could attribute to anxiety, depression, high blood pressure, lowered immunity, um, and then a host of physical symptoms, including headaches, back pains, ulcers. I can believe it. Uh, and, and my, be my first thought of that went to our whole community, yes. right? Because high blood pressure is like one of the <clears throat> black people are more susceptible to have that than any other race. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not saying that that's a, a direct correlation, but I mean, it's I mean, up there. It's somewhere in there. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, according to the the reports. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that was self-explanatory. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so number five is coming from Ecclesiastes um, 11 verse two, and it's invest in seven ventures. Yes. In eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. So to me, that means diversify your investments. Um, So when I'm talking to people, I'm always telling them that, yeah, real estate is great. Right. But what happens when you need liquidity? Can I read it from mine? Because the way you read it, it I don't like that version. (laughs) So same one. But it says, give a serving to seven and also to eight. For you do not know what evil will be on the earth. So to me, that. It translates a little bit better. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's probably, but it's the com- it's know, the new King, King James version. You know, I'm in that old and you know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I yeah, I I agree. Uh, but yeah, going to the the you know bringing it back to us is uh you know I tell people all the time that we need to make sure that we're diversifying our investments, not just looking at real estate because right now real estate is kind of like everybody the thing. wants to everyone a, wants to invest in real estate about real estate mm-hmm. but the problem is is what happens when we need liquidity and what does that mean what i when i need cash like you can't sell a portion of a house you gotta sell the whole thing yeah and that's not a quick turnaround mm-hmm. right especially if you get into a situation when um buyers aren't buying and your property that you have is just sitting on the market and now you thought the value was going to be something um but because you're sitting now you got to continue to de- you know, decrease the price in order to sell it, et cetera. So, you know, if we had um, investments in, you know, other areas, then we would be fine. Yeah. So, you know, diversify your investments. Uh, Number six is coming from Ecclesiastes as well. Um, Chapter five, verses 13 and 14. And it says, I have seen evil under the sun, wealth hoard to the harm of its owners or wealth lost through some misfortune so that when they have children, there's nothing left for them to inherit. Mm. So to me, that means we need to re- reduce our risk as we age. Um, and and so as we get older, uh, we shouldn't be trying to put so much money into these aggressive investments. 
because what would generally happen is if if I'm trying to catch up because I didn't do anything in the in the past, now I'm trying to be more aggressive with my money. And so me being more aggressive as I get older, I'm probably going to have a misstep. And so I run into the risk of losing because I didn't do enough early on. Right. Um, and, and then that's, that's a whole, a whole situation where now I'm not leaving any legacy for your children to my, to my kids. Yeah. And that can be a, a huge problem. Right. Um, I, matter of fact, I think that's one of the biggest problems that we face, um, in our community is because when our parents and our parents' parents passed away, the only thing they left us was their love. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying we don't want their love. Right. Right. But it would be nice if that love was had a check to come with it <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah um and and that would only that's thing the that's, generational wealth right the, that's mm-hmm. the only thing um you know is doing is helping the next generation so that the next generation doesn't have to work as hard right and we can use that money to seed other things so that we can you know all prosper and have wealth mm-hmm. make sense yep and my last one is coming from proverbs 21 and 5 and it says the plan of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. So to me, that means when you're diligent and you're like saving and you're doing the right thing with your money, then you will be fruitful. You'll have more. And the people who are, frivolous <laughs> you will basically be poor yep um or you could say it as simple as this make a financial plan yeah um and so i'm gonna give y'all the three steps of a financial plan real quick and i'm not gonna go into details about them but i really think it's important for you guys to um get with your financial planner um a real financial planner who can actually do this for you i know a great one his name is marcus johnson he does an amazing <laughs> job um but you know if you want his information i can connect y'all because he's a good guy um, please stop talking in third person <laughs> <laughs> but the three steps are real quickly is identify your goals evaluate your situation and li- list steps to take right so if you can do those three things you could build a financial plan right now of course there's a lot more intricate details to kind of go into building that but those three things will um, kind of guide you on your path um, and then my final words you know proverbs 23 4 and 5 says for the love of money is the root of all uh, kinds of evil um, some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs so i know that um, you know, the Bible talks about money being the root, but honestly, it's not money is a tool that we need in order to prosper. But a lot of times it's not the money it's the individual. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I think that if we we understand money and, and understand what it is and know how to use it, I think our whole mindset will shift around, you know, the whole conversation of having money. So yeah. that is my Marcus Money moment of the week. Thank you for that very well thought out Marcus Money moment. No problem. No problem. That's great. I try. I hope you guys um, enjoyed that. I actually enjoyed that because I'm not, I'm not somebody who's just like super familiar with all the verses in the Bible and Mm -hmm. I can spit off verses. Like I have my, I have verses that are my favorite verses that I know. Yeah. Everybody got a couple couple go-tos. Yeah. But as far (laughs) as just like knowing 
everything in the Bible. Those are things that I didn't really even realize was there. Mm -hmm. So it was cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for that. No doubt. All right, guys. So now let's get into this topic. Okay. So today I wanted to talk about conflicts within your marriage. Okay. And like how to deal with them. So a couple weeks ago, like a lot of couple weeks ago, (laughs) we said we were going to talk about um, Beth and Randall from This Is Us and their whole conflict that they had in their relationship. And although weeks have passed and we hadn't gotten to it, I really still want to touch on it because I just feel like it's super important and it really affected us because number one, This Is Us is like a show that you get emotionally invested in. Even if you don't want to. Even if you don't want to. And number two, Beth and Randall just make such a wonderful TV couple. And I say TV couple because it is a TV couple. and We have to remember that they're acting. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they portrayed love so well. Mm -hmm. And it made us fall in love with Beth and Randall. Right. Which reminds me of social media and the perception of relationships at times where you just fall in love and say relationship goals, relationship goals with everybody because it just looks pretty on the outside. Right. But what this is us did, which I think is wonderful is showed us another side. And that was the conflict that they experienced. And boy, did they go through it? You know, I hope by now everyone is caught up. So I guess that's a good part about waiting. Mm -hmm. And so we won't spoil it for anyone, but thank God that they worked it out. Yeah. And it showed that they ended up making it years and years later into their old age. But they went through, they went through a roller coaster. So just a quick um, summary Mm -hmm. of what happened. And you can chime in if I missed something. Okay. But um, Randall had quit his job like a while ago. A long time ago. Long time ago. Um, Beth was su- very supportive of that. And she was still working. And she was basically caring for their household while he figured things out. Right. Then, I can't remember how it happened, but he got this urge to like run for office. I think, I think because his dad, he went to his dad's old neighborhood, his birth dad's old neighborhood. and Well, first he bought the building. Right. Once he went there. Yeah. Yeah. He went to his dad's old neighborhood, bought the building that his dad was living in, which was a really run down building in the hood. Mm-hmm. And seeing all the things that the people in the hood were dealing with, I think maybe inspired him to run for office because he felt like he could make a change right. for them. So he tells Beth he wants to run for office. I think initially she was very supportive. Absolutely. About it. Um, She said, this is what you want to do. Go for it, whatever, whatever. Somewhere in there, she ends up losing her job. I think she got laid off, mm-hmm. um, which was a shock to her because she had been with this company for like 12 years or 14 years or something, something. crazy like that. Um, but she got laid off of her job. Then they have some internal family issues that happen as well, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And Beth goes to Randall and says, I think you need to drop out of the race. And let me go back a little bit because he told her when he first decided to run that if something ever happened or if she ever if she ever felt she wasn't on board, if she ever felt like it was too much, let him know and he would drop out. Right. The race. So this happened. She lost her job. They had family issues. It became too much. 
she said, Randall, you need to drop out of the race. Like, I'm drowning here. Like, I need you to pull me out. And he said he couldn't. Yeah, because by that time, he was so far, you know. Invested. Invested in it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I know he had said that. But, you know, at that point, it was kind of hard for him to. Just leave it alone. Not saying that I agree or disagree with the situation, but I understand looking at it from the I outside. I understand also. He felt he was very invested, but he did make a promise to his wife that he That's broke true. ultimately. Um, so he should have never made that promise in the first That's place. That's what the mistake was. Um, yeah, because he didn't know how he would feel once he got deep in, into it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm trying to summarize it so I'm not just like talking about a whole bunch of episodes. So somewhere in there... Beth was already upset with him because he stayed in the race, but then eventually she got back on board and Mm -hmm. said, Hey, if you really want to do this, I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to see you through it. We'll figure it out because it was tearing him up because he was torn between making his wife happy and trying to help this community. Then Beth has this, this like light bulb thing where she remembers that she has this love for dance and she decides that she wants to teach dance classes. And this is what has opened her up and made her feel alive again, just like Randall running for office opened him up and made him feel alive. Well, they start having a lot of conflict because Randall running for office took up so much time. Mm-hmm. And, and it was two hours away from And it was two live. hours away from where they live. And Beth teaching dance classes was late at night. And it ain't making no money. And it's not making any money. So Randall's not really making any money. Right. Because he's running. And she's not making any money for real because she's teaching dance classes. But they their life is adjusted to the standards that they're used to. Yes. So this is where the whole conflict comes in. And this is where I want to get into our conversation. Okay. Because this is where we were for a lot of episodes. Yeah, we were. They were not sleeping in the same bed. Randall was sleeping two hours away at his office. They were arguing. They were hitting below the belt. Um, You know, Randall told her that she was being I don't remember exactly what he said to her in the voicemail, but something about her dancing, being silly or something, something rude or something about her. But then later on in an argument, she took a shot at his mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you think that, or let me just ask, do you agree with the way that they handled it? Um, I mean, in the end, yeah. No, in the midst of the conflict, do you agree with how they handled it as far as like how they were talking to each other. I mean, I definitely don't agree with that, but what I, what I saw and what I would want to point out about the whole situation is, is that in relationship, there's going to be give and take, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it's not this, you know, perfect situation that people try to create, um, in relationships or paint in their mind. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it may not be right. I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not saying any of that. But at the end of the day, like both parties are they have roles and things are, are going to change. Right. And so if we establish that, you know, this is where we're at for this particular situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just say us. Right. Mm-hmm. For in the situation that we're in right now, I know that my role is to provide for the family. Right. Right. And so because of that. I know that I can't just go out here and just change course on you and say, hey, I'm about to, you know, quit my business and, and go on tour and go on tour <laughs> or try to go on tour. Uh huh. 
um, I don't have a tour gig yet. So yeah. I'm going to try to go on tour and I'm about to just try to grind this thing out. And so I know that you're depending on me to provide because you're not working. So right. if I did that, now it's going to be a conflict because now I'm not holding my, my end, of the, end of the bargain. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I think that their biggest issue was is when I'm not going to say who, who it was when they tried to change the course a little bit, mm -hmm. it's going to cause some type of, you know, some type of issue because yeah. both parties, literally, you're just not going to, you can't, you're just not going to have it all. Right. Right. Something's and I think, gonna, I think in their situation, they both tried to change they was, the course. They were thinking about self. They both were thinking about themselves. And the problem, another big issue that came about was that Beth felt like, she had been put on the back burner their whole relationship and marriage. And I think that that's another issue we need to point out. So when you have a conflict with someone, it's so important to tackle it like head on. Yeah, you can. And that's still a work in progress with, with us. Like we ain't perfect. Like no, absolutely not. tackle everything head on. But like that showed in their situation because they're, you know, if you watch this is us, they have flashbacks and different things like that. So you saw them as a young couple when they first started dating to when they were getting engaged, when they first got married and all that stuff. And you could tell that Beth was not happy with certain situations that were happening in their relationship, but she never spoke up about it. Yeah. Like she always would just give in. Yeah. And, and with that being said, you can't fault Randall for not knowing. You know what I'm saying? So if you've been holding this in for 20-some-odd years, you can't just automatically expect me to just know where you're coming from right. or feel you when you right. haven't said anything for 20-some-odd years. I mean, that's right. just not fair to him. It's not fair to him, but that's where the boiling point yeah, came and in. <laughs> Randall was just accustomed to do what Randall had been doing for the last 20-some years. And, and he then, thought everything was right, good. And then Beth tried to all of a sudden flip the script because she had this urge because she wanted to teach some dance classes. Like, well, you say that like she shouldn't have wanted to teach her dance class. I mean, you could teach your dance class. Because if that's the case, he he had a little urge to run for office. I mean, but they had a conversation about that. They had a conversation about her doing no, dance hers too. Hers was more of a, hey, you've been doing this, so I feel like I should be able to do it. And I think that when you have that, you've done it, so I should be able to do a conversation, like that's where issues are just going to come up. Because now it's like a... You know, a tit for tat type situation, as yeah. I say all the time. Yeah. You know, so I honestly think that um, the timing and I think he said it like this is more of a timing issue. Right. Because you know that I'm this is all the things that we have going on right now. Our schedules literally just do not align for, you know, your your urge to want to go out here and teach. So maybe we should get through this thing and then revisit you teaching. And her thing was, so why do I always have to be the one to stop what I'm doing instead of like, why can't and you I get stop? That, but if this is new news to me, I never knew that you felt like that. That's very true. But, so, but the, the thing is like, they still had to work through it. No, they did. They had to. Right. And now that I know that it's still not good timing right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, now that I know that you feel like you've always put, you know, yourself now, you know, on the back burner as a as a man, I'm going to try to fix that. And I'm pretty sure that that's probably what Randall did was try to fix the situation. Mm -hmm. uh, but if he didn't know, you can't blame him for not. I knowing. didn't say I was blaming him. I mean, I'm playing I, devil's advocate. I'm on talking both about Beth sides. and these fictional characters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
But there was a couple things wrong with it. And that's when you talk about conflict in a relationship and a marriage, hitting below the belt is never okay. Never. And they did that a couple times. And every time they did it, I was like, oh, no, why'd you say that? Why'd you do that? Like, no, no, no. Yeah, I think we do a good job of not doing that. Yeah, Marcus and I, so we ain't perfect by a long shot. I done screamed at him a lot. He done screamed at me. I don't say I scream. Well, not a lot, but we have screamed at each other quite a bit. You definitely have screamed at me. I don't scream. You definitely have screamed at I me. I just raise my voice. Oh, okay. Same thing. Um, But we do not say things to each other that... You can't take back. You can't take back. And I try really, really hard to keep that up because I never want to say something to him out of anger. And then once I calm down, be mad at myself, like, Oh my gosh, like, why did I say that to him? Yeah. I really didn't mean that. Like I just said it out of anger, but to him, it would be like, you probably really did mean that, which is why you said it to me out of anger. I, I, you know, I would Yeah, I would continue to bring it up all the time. <laughs> I know like, yeah. So, Try when you have conflict in your marriage to just woosah. If you got to scream a little bit, I guess that's all right. If it'll keep you from. uh, I mean, you just got to talk it out and you got to be open to hearing both both sides of the, you know, of the story to try to try to figure out where they're coming from. And actually listen. Yeah. And not just like listen to when they stop talking so you can talk again but actually listen to what they have to say right i agree yeah because that's that can happen in an argument where you're really not listening to what they have to say you just ready to you just thinking about your next line like while they're talking you're formulating your comeback in your head and when they're done you're like okay are you done all right so here's what i get to say and, 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 and everything they, that they had just said is and just, then they could be doing a you know the same thing to you so y'all really not hearing each other y'all just trying to convey your point and it's really not solving anything yep so um and I, I honestly think that we do a good job of on that front with at least here lately yeah we had i don't know if we talked about it. i think we talked about it a little bit on the microphone but how i don't like what marcus cusses at me like for arguing right, here we go or something here we go <laughs> and we his, moved on his whole thing was he he wasn't cussing at me he just was using it and i'm like but if As you yelling but if you yelling and you use a, a cuss word then i feel like you cussing at me and that just makes me even more mad and i don't know if we've had an argument for real since this whole discussion happened but if we had i mean i don't i can't remember you cussing at me in no instance in the last couple months so I no, we had a conversation about it. I, you told me where you was coming from, and so I tried to correct it. I mean, yeah. I think that's just that's just what it is. Like, and I think that if more relationships, you know, kind of took that approach, like, you know, so 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 many times, I feel like we get caught up into the way we feel about a situation. At least I used to, uh, and, and <laughs> not to you. and Girl. not think about you know how you felt, how it may have made you feel about a situation, even if I think it's dumb. Yeah. Right. Just because I may think it's dumb, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that you don't think it's dumb. Right. So 
Um, I try I to love this I try to listen a little bit more to figure out where you're coming from, and if it bothers you that much, I would rather try to correct it than sit here and try to argue with you all the time. Because number one, I'm not trying to be unhappy in my marriage, and right? that's so, what we we used to argue to till we just couldn't argue no more. Yeah, because I'm, saying, I'm like I'm like he's not listening to me. He's telling me to get over it. He's telling me it's not that serious. He's not really listening, and I'm like to me. It's real serious. Just because it ain't super serious to you, like that's all fine and good. I know that if if this happened with you, you wouldn't care because you don't think it's that serious. But with me, it's serious. It's my perception, my yeah. feelings. I mean, you know, with it, with that though, I don't want y'all making seem like that. If if it's really something minor, that I'm still not gonna say something because I probably I almost guarantee you I'm still gonna say something. But I'll be. What you mean? Like if it's a situation that you're upset about, mm-hmm. that I honestly just don't think it's that big of a deal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm and I'm, I'm talking mostly with each other stuff. Okay. So like, if I come to you and tell you that like something happened, I don't know. Well, you get mad at that too, though. You'll be like, you know, such and such happened, and I'm like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like that either. Yeah, okay, I guess you're right. No, but, I know. But I feel like in those situations, you still should try to listen to ch- understand. What did I just say? I just said that I will listen to you, but if it's still a situation where I don't think it's that big of a deal, I'm still going to let me know. But, you, but you've learned to let me know in a way to where I don't feel like you're being like... An asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I can kind of come off as an asshole, but, you know, most of the time it... You know, and that's with friends. It's usually coming from a good place, unless I'm just being an asshole. And you know, I'm being an asshole. I'm just trying to be funny. But most of the time, it's coming from a good space. Most of the time, if you're being an a hole and it's a serious situation, you are trying to come from a good place. But it's still an a hole situation, and we talk about it afterwards. Yeah, like I'll be like, "Hey, so when we were." here with these people when you said such and such you kind of came off like an a-hole yeah but you know and you'll be to like point. for real but like how because and, and i'll explain it and he either take it or he don't yeah i mean <laughs> I, you know as i'm getting older i just i'm not arguing with you in words anymore you talking about me no i'm talking oh, about people people oh just not doing it it's not worth it no for what get my blood pressure up right don't you know what i'm saying lord for no reason Getting old, you can't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you getting old. Hey, listen, so. listen. I mean, because you know you getting old. <laughs> <laughs> no, but all in all, to wrap this topic up, Beth and Randall worked it out. They ended up moving mm-hmm. to the city where he was running for. Oh, he actually won. So where he was in office. I think that their, you know, reconciliation was a lot better than. uh Bo and Dre's. Oh uh, goodness, he's is, talking about Rainbow and Andre from Rainbow and Andre Johnson from Blackish. They had a whole thing too last year where they were about to get a divorce. I mean, you know, they situation, man. We could really dissect that one day. Yeah, I don't really think they in love. <laughs> like they just don't. It's just not the same, man. It's just, and I just think that they have a different type of relationship. Yeah, right. So we would have to have a whole another yeah, right. day to talk about that because we have different opinions about them mm-hmm. but um yeah so conflict in the marriage gonna happen i love that that this is us people showed us that especially because they they took a couple that was idolized by so many people 
and then broke them down in front of our faces so we could watch them get built back up. Everybody has issues. Right. It was the realest thing to show you that everybody has issues. I don't care who you are. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, Beyonce showed you that too. Beyonce showed you that as well with Lemonade and the whole situation with Jay-Z. I was talking about with the Coachella Netflix thing where she talked about overcoming all that stuff and how she was feeling about it. We were talking about cheating. But I'm just talking about in general. Or not cheating, but like marriage I'm just talking about in general because so many times we just view, you know, stuff that we see as perfect and then we look at our own life and then we get mad and you think so i was just talking about overall yeah yes so well yeah guys that's that Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. all right so i'm about to give me some strawberry cake because i haven't had any and i'm about to get into this bed because i gotta (laughs) get up in the morning all right is it in your plan What's is what am I planning? You, you get getting up? up? No, <laughs> that ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> the stuff in my planner is my schedule. You waking up early ain't got nothing to do. I'm gonna with start me. waking you up when I'm I have to turn leave. over. When you get up, that's what I'm gonna start doing. When I'm up, you gotta be up. I mean, most of the time, I wake up when you're up early because I hear you, especially on Sundays. Yeah. Well. Most Sundays, I'm usually gone when you get up because my church service starts earlier than yours. I know I've been slacking a little Most bit this Sundays? year. Most Sundays? You're just over here lying to the people. I know I've been slacking a little bit this year, but for the most part, <laughs> for the most part, my church service starts before Marcus is, and it's a little further away from our house. So I'm usually gone when he gets up for church. But yeah. I- Anyways, um, Marcus, let them know where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at Marcus Deontay J, or um, you can email me at Marcus at JohnsonCap.com. Why do you struggle so much with this? I don't know. I honestly don't like talking about me or where you can. This is not my thing. Well, you okay? You want me to stop asking you where they can find you? I mean, they ain't following me anyway. No, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna ask you no more. I'm gonna just tell them where they can find me. Well, you know, you the social media guru in this relationship. I, have, I know social media guru. You need to stop. Far you know, you from need to stop it. playing yourself. Man. I'm far from that. I promise Anyways, you. You need to stop playing yourself. You guys can find me. They on- already follow you. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Jamaria Olivia J. Or on my blog at throughjamseyes.com. Check out the blog. It's some good stuff on there. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, it's been real and it's been great. And it's been real great. Oh, my God. Get off this mic. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) All right. Well, my name is Jamaria Johnson. And I'm Marcus Johnson. Thanks for coming over and hanging out with us. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.